Good evening, everybody. This is Barbara with Canada Girl Space Podcast, and um, I'm very uh, excited to be recording on t- on this evening. Um, once again, we're still in COVID-19 uh, status, so um, I'm again at my residence, and my engineer is at his residence, and my guest is at her residence. And so, um, not sure exactly how long I'm going to continue this. I'm, you know, uh, my engineer has been trying to get me to migrate back to, to the studio, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to wait it out a little bit longer. So um, we're going to kind of hope in the next couple of weeks, um, maybe we can get back to um, recording in the studio. But um, nevertheless, um, I, wanted to, I want to introduce um, a young lady that um, I've known for a long time, since she was a little young girl. <laughs> and um, I've watched her grow into a... Um, a powerful young woman. Um, she's a college student. She's um, she's um, from uh, our hometown, of course, Canada. And um, um, so, without further ado, I'm going to introduce Miss um, Cameron Betts, and she's going to tell tell the audience uh, the audience a little bit about herself. So, Cameron, hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to Canada Girls Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me today. Um, I'm um, so excited to get you on. I was like. I gotta get her on while she before while 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 I got her while we have her. So um, you want to tell the audience about about yourself? Those that don't know who yes. you are. Uh, like you said, I'm Cameron Betts. I'm from Corsicana, born and raised here. Um, you know, I am. Um, I graduated from Corsicana High School in 2018, and I am now attending Prairie View A and M University in Prairie View, Texas, down near Houston. Um, so I've been there for two years. I'm a social work major, and I have just grown to love the community. I've grown to love where I come from, from Corsicana. I just feel like I've been evolving, and I feel like I have a lot more to do. So it's just good to be back home for the summer, um, working in the community, trying to better the community, uh, and just, you know, have this time to do that. So you haven't mentioned your siblings and all that good stuff. So how many siblings oh, do you yeah. have? <laughs> I have four other siblings. I have two brothers. They're twins. And they're 25. I am... I have two sisters. Who One is older. One is younger. Kennedy and Kirsten. And my brothers are Darren and Damar. And so it's five of us in total. And so that was interesting growing up, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah. And your dad, yeah, yeah. And my dad, my dad has been very impactful uh, in my life. He's a single dad since I was nine. We lost my mother to breast cancer, so we're here, and this has been some journey to say the least. But we're here, and we're we're all good right now. So, so you're how old are you, uh, Cameron? I'm twenty. You're twenty. So, um. Like I said, like I uh, like I told the listening audience, um, been knowing you since you were a toddler, young. Been knowing, well, not not just knowing you, but knowing your mother, and yeah. so that's how we, um, you know, have been connected. And so, uh, I just like I said, I have watched you grow into a powerful young young woman. And um, why why I wanted to bring you on is because um, this past weekend, um, you. Uh, Led a you let out a uh, you started a movement in our community of Corsicana in Navarro County, and um, y- yourself and Jasmine White started a movement, 
And um, to be honest, um, I I had talked to talked to Jasmine um, about um, what you got, what what, what was going to take place regarding the peaceful protest, and I thought it was really just her. And so I can remember. I mean, so last week before the the actual march on this past Saturday, um, I had texted your dad and I said, "Oh, I hope you're coming to the the the, the peaceful protest." And he's like, "Yeah, well, I'll be there." And so when I uh, got out, you know, and walked up to the courthouse, um, I looked up and I saw you. And I was like, Cameron? And I saw your sisters. And I was like, and then uh, I was like, oh, my goodness, you're, you know, you're part of one of, you're part of the, the, the part of the group that's, that organized this uh, protest. And so um, I was really, really, like, in awe because um, when you, when you, uh, I got a chance to hear, I think a little bit of Jasmine, and then then you grabbed the the megaphone, and then you started talking, and then I was like, and just the the message that you brought out on on this past Saturday, I mean, I was just in awe because I was like, this is Cameron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you spoke with you spoke with so much passion about your experience, and um, you know, just the whole you know, movement of getting people to um, change. And so um, let's go back to, um, you know, just growing up, you know, as far as you being 20. I mean, how did you, you know, how did you, I guess, see life, see, you know, coming up, you know, how did you see you know, see things, you know, before, you, before now? How did you see things? Um. Just growing up, I mean, I guess you mean like in Corsican and how were my views before? Yeah, how, yeah, yeah. How were your views and how were you? How was the, I guess your thought process? You know, growing up, um, you know, because you're just twenty, so you still have you know, a, 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 you know, more more to come. But how did you yeah. see see things? Um, just growing up in Corsican, uh, I mean, you know, I played softball and I was very involved. I guess in athletics. Um, and just in the community as a whole. So, um, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I guess. Uh, did, you, did, you, did you find yourself being, I mean, were you culturally culturally aware? I mean, because you were part of, you know, we, you know, we were, uh, we were part of the Freedom School um, oh, yeah. program. And so did you, so did you seem to, you know, even just growing up within your family, did you find yourself being culturally aware of this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's one thing my dad made sure of. My mom and my dad, but, you know, for the majority of it, my life was just my dad. So we we were very aware. When I say we, I mean my siblings and I. Um, we were, we would, we would watch, you know, his historical movies, um, you know, uh, let's say like Friday nights or... Wednesday nights, we would go, all go in the living room and just watch. Let's say BT was having a special on Roots, or we watched the Lincoln movie or uh, Django, to say the least. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just different movies like that. We would go to the movie theater to see them. My dad was very encouraging when it came to that. Uh, when I say encouraging, we didn't have a, <laughs> we didn't have a choice. We didn't have a choice. So, yeah. So, so did you find, like, did you find some of your other peers did you find they were kind of on the same level, you know, that they they also, um, you know, their parents or their, you know, guardians made sure that they learn about, you know, their culture and they watch, you know, things like you said, like that. Did you seem to find uh, that? 
No, I didn't. And it might have been because I didn't ask. Because it wasn't, like, the most, you know, popular thing to do. You know, I watched Roots last night with the family. Like, what y'all do? Did y'all watch it? Like, that wasn't really a, a thing, I guess, growing up, especially here. Um, we just all were kind of, I mean, in school and things like that. I don't feel like it was encouraged to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, I don't think so, but they could have been, but not from, you know, we wouldn't really talk about it. I mean, we grew to, to enjoy these movies and to enjoy these documentaries as a family, but, you know, outside, we wouldn't really mention it much. So, um, now, so you going, you know, going off, you had mentioned even at the, um, the protest, you had mentioned that it wasn't until you stepped out of Corsicana that you realize oh, yeah. things were different. And so, oh, yeah. so explain that to the listening audience about what you meant by that. Okay. So growing up, like I, like you said, I went to Freedom School. Freedom School is a summer program run by boys in town. Uh, they were very encouraging. When I say encourage, encouraging to, encouraging when it came to scholars, and that's learning about where we come from, whether we are Hispanic, whether we are African-American, you know, just being a minority, uh, we learned about things and we learned to be proud of it, being proud of who you are. Freedom School was very influential in my life and in our lives, I feel like, as a family, but in the lives of everyone who attended. I mean, I grew up with people, we went year after year every summer. And to this day, we still talk about it. We still, you know, joke about the things that happened there, you know, good memories and the things that we learned. Uh, I had a good friend of mine just put on Twitter the other day, you know, I'm glad I went to Freedom School because there was this thing trending on Twitter, not really trending, but, you know, going around on Twitter. And people didn't know who Fannie Lou Hamer was. And they didn't know who, you know, Harriet Tubman was before the movie came out a while back. So... It was it was just it's just interesting to see, I guess, being an adult now, being someone of a young adult now, um, the things that people did not learn that we got the benefit and the the benefit of learning at freedom school. You know, things wouldn't be the way they are without young people growing up and knowing the the knowledge that we that we got to grasp and got to be fed at freedom school. So when you so um, when you said you, when you say going back to the original question, so when you made the statement, you know it wasn't until you left Corsicana and you went out to college you realized things were, you know, I guess different. You know, you can't you came the awareness. You had you yeah. became more aware. Right. Um, when I said that, I was referring to, I guess, really my high school experience. Uh, my experience growing up here overall, but mainly, like, to highlight it, my high school experience. Um, a lot of people may not know, but junior year of high school, that's when Colin Kaepernick got all of the the spotlight for, for him kneeling during the national anthem at the NFL game. Well, my friends, uh, me and Jasmine being part of it, but other people as well, we, we kneeled during, we decided we were going to kneel during the, the pep rally. A pep rally. It was a Friday, you know, before a home game. It was the beginning of football season. 
And so we we decided to do that. And that was the beginning, and we didn't even know it then, but that was the beginning of a movement here in Forest Academy. We did not know. We were juniors. We, we were kids. But doing that at that pep rally, we faced so much backlash in that moment. We faced backlash from a teacher in specific who did not like what we were doing, who blatantly told us and, and felt like it was okay to put her finger in our faces and oh, tell wow. us that we were wrong for doing this. And she did this in front of everyone. I mean, it was a scene, to say the least. It was, and nobody stood up for us. Nobody told us, you know, it's okay to voice your your opinion on these injustices and these this unequal treatment that you have been receiving as a black community. Not just, you know, it doesn't have to happen to us for us to protest it. And so we were doing that, and she felt like it was okay to to treat us that way. I mean it kind of escalated and they escorted one of us out because, you know, I guess they took, I don't even know where they took her. I think they told her she was going to ISS because she would, she told the lady like, you know, you have no right to put your hand in my face like that. Like it's all right to protest in a peaceful manner, in a manner that has no impact on you, you know, directly. Like we're not physically harming you or anything. We're just voicing our opinion. And from that day, Throughout high school, I mean, we faced backlash. I would have said the Pledge of Allegiance in, in my history class, as a dual credit history class my junior year, and a boy told me, yeah, he would get on to me every day about it. He would basically comment, and then eventually, like, one day I feel like he exploded because I wouldn't respond. And so this one day he just got up and kind of, like, came at me. And I'm just sitting at my desk, you know, I'm not bothering anybody. I just did stand up and he felt like, you know, it was okay to come at me. I mean, the teacher, he thought, I mean, I guess he didn't hear. I don't know how he could have not, but he didn't hear. And then eventually it circulated back to the principal. Well, the principal's was the principal's solution was to take me out of the classroom and place me in a secluded area where I guess I wasn't bothering anybody. But so that, so that was, you know, what you've learned, you know, what you've learned, um, you know, even in school, you know, when it comes down to your First Amendment rights, you know, you learn that in, you know, with government class or, you know, mm. with whatever class. And so um, do you just think that sometimes within our society, people, we just have a lot society or we have a, we have a conditioned society where, it, you know, we've been conditioned and, you, you know, you do as I say, you know, you don't, you don't make any ways, you just do it, you know. And so now that, um, you know, I can say people are, are starting to wake up, do you think mm -hmm. that um, people now are realizing, you know, I do have a say-so, I do have mm -hmm. rights, you know. And mm -hmm. so um, do you think that is the energy that um, that has that is going on now, that people are realizing that, you know, they, they can be empowered to make change and, and are in youth and based on your generation, you know, because we had this conversation even after the, the the protest. And I keep saying it was a peaceful protest audience. But even um, after that, I, you know, our, our conversation within some of the, you know, gen the, the community my age is that um, you have the generation that, you know, that maybe the civil rights movement, all that segregation, you know, integration and all that. You have that generation where they just kind of, you know, 
you know, grin and bear it. You know, yeah, maybe you have some that were the freedom fighters and they fought against it, but then you have the culture where, you know, it started migrating and then you had some that was like, you know, hey, we're not going to bust the system. We're just going to go ahead and just go through it, you know, not okay. say anything. So now your generation comes along and it's like, you know what, we're not having it. You know, it's it's, it's too much. It's been going on too long. And so I think that's what was probably what's taking place now is that you, you, your generation is taking a stand and you're going to force, maybe your, your generation may force the change that has needed to be for, you know, the last several years. So, you know, so that's probably where, you know, maybe some people are just, they're in the, the, the shock factor. They can't believe you guys are coming against a system that's been in place forever, you know. Exactly. And so now change is coming and now they're not, they don't know what to, they don't know how to take it. You know, sometimes right. people stay boxed in, and they can't seem to, you know, come out the box. And then here comes along, you know, the the, the culture of you know your generation coming along, and it's going to force them to to break that. Mm-hmm. You know, so Absolutely. you think probably that had that's why you know you probably had that you know that that pushback or you know people come against you because it's like you're going against the grain. Right, so, we're going against the grain. We're we're making noise. Yes. And so, you know, so your experience in college because you go to a H, you go to HBCU, and that's a historic, historically black college. And um, so, how was that? How was that environment versus you being in uh, small town Corsicana versus you know, you know, you know? I don't know if you know this, but I got a chance. I went to Prairie View for uh, maybe a couple of weeks, but then I end up, you know, having to come back home. Uh, so. Um, but just, you know, being in Corsicana and going to Prairie View for just a couple of weeks, it was it was a culture shock for me because, yeah. you know, in Corsicana, it you know, has a you know, good certain demographic. And then mm-hmm. to go to HBCU like Prairie View, uh, it was a culture shock because you had all, a lot of African-American, you know, students. And so right. um, it really was kind of like different for me. So how was that for you? Right. Um. <laughs> It was, like you said, it was a culture shock. I grew up around, you know, the, the demographic, of course, of Canada, but especially me being involved in softball, me playing softball basically all of my life. Um, not a lot of African-American girls are are introduced to being a soft, like playing softball or anything. So, in this, in our area, because you can go right, to, in our area. Yeah, so you can go to you in know, other, so yeah, I'm, in our area. I'm yeah. always the only... I was the only one. I mean, we played against teams, you know, whenever we traveled, but mostly I was I was the only one throughout that. So especially me playing softball, going to Prairie View was an eye opener. I knew I like I said I always I knew all of the things that you know black people were expected to do or you know what society what society for. But whenever I attended Prairie View, I mean. Like, the first couple of weeks, the first week, but especially the first couple of weeks going in the classrooms and seeing my black professors and they have PhDs and multiple PhDs for some of them, you know, just being educated, wearing a suit and tie. A lot of my peers wearing suit and ties. A lot of my, my, my peers that were women wearing, you know, skirts and heels and, and, you know, and blouses to class. It's, it's a, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different to be around People who think like you, who look like you, who who act like you, who carry themselves themselves a certain way. It's different, but it's a good different. It was a good change. It was a good ex, good exposure 
um, to see that, to see that down here, you know, they expect more of us yeah. because it's, it's, you know, our, our president is a, is a woman. She's the first woman president <laughs> at Prairie View A&M University. And she's a black woman. Wow. And it's just inspiring. I met her as a freshman and she was absolutely amazing. And that's inspiring to see my, my professors being black men and black women who, had their PhDs and who have gone to school and who are making a lot of money, who are, you know what I'm saying, who have that that stigma, that certain thing about them that, you know, you don't see here in Corsica County. You don't see that around here a lot. You know what I'm saying? It's not the norm here. So did, so, you, so did you find yourself being even also motivated by the other students that, that came to that, you know, that you were like, oh, my goodness, you know, we have, people that look like me that are really trying to aspire to be college, you know, graduates and go on and, 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 and be accomplished in their community and out of society. Absolutely. That was, that's a huge, that's a huge thing. Just seeing my peers, being our other students who, who have the same inspiration, who I can have an intelligent conversation with. And they look just like me and I don't have to fake anything. I don't have to try too hard. I can be Cameron Best and be, 100% comfortable in that. I don't, I just, it's just a different experience. And it boosted my confidence by 10,000%. I mean, just, you know what I'm saying? Being a leader is the norm there. Being yeah. a leader. It's expected. Being, it's yes, expected. it's expected. It's expected. You, you can't walk around with your, with your head down and, you know what I'm saying? And just carry yeah. yourself like, you know, you, you have to hold yourself up to those high expectations. And so, everyone else does too. So you've um, spent two years, um, uh, two years so already so far at Prairie View, and so now you're coming back home. And so, how can you? How, how are you motivating other young people your age, you know, to pursue higher education or to pursue, let's say, a career tech field or just you know come because that's you know that's the thing. You you guys have the protest. You have the the march. So now that that has been done, what is your next step? How are you going to motivate other young people your age, you know, to be inspired to to rise above, you know, you know, I don't rise above, you know, whatever, you know, I just say whatever cards been dealt with them. I don't care if they they were born in poverty, they single, you know, they come from a single parent home, you know, they're, right. you know, you know, how do you motivate your 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 um, age group to, you know, to rise above that? How do you do that? Right. Because um, you're, the, you're the voice, you're going to be the, you know, they, they, they have put the label on you and Jasmine that you guys are the young leaders, you know. So now you, so now you have that tacked on to you, and so now young people your age are going to be looking up to you, and they're going to be expecting you to be the voice for them. So how are you going to motivate other young people your age? Um, and to be quite honest with you, it's going to be a hard task. It is. But I felt like, you know, I had people already looking up to me. As I, you know, went through high school, and especially when I graduated, you know, younger people like, oh, you're on the prairie. You're like, how do I get in? Like, do you think I can get in? Or do you think, like, what do you think I can do? Or, and the conversation has to be started, you know, amongst myself with our, my peers and with younger people. But also it has to be, it has to be constant. It has to be consistent. It has to be a reminder to them. Hey, how you doing? Like, your grades looking good or you know, how how are you, you know, getting ready for college or, you know what I'm saying? Are you preparing yourself? Do you feel like you, you know what I'm saying, are on the right track? Um, well, a lot of times, a lot, a lot of times, 
some of some of our you know some of the young people here you know in our community they're not getting that message at home. Like you got that message at home, right? But some right. of them are not getting that message. The, you know, and that's where the 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 constant uh, battle. That's where it gets kind of tough at because not everybody gets you know that push or that motivation in their own household, and that's what that's what we have to overcome as a community. Uh, but what what I can do is only you know I can only do what I can do, and that's just to, to motivate, to push you, to give you the the tools that you need to be successful, the tools that you need to to get out of here ultimately, to to spread your wings, to get other experiences. You know, I can motivate you. I can do. I can give you the tools. I can help you. I can give you know what I'm saying. Give them that. But I can only do what I can do at the end of the day. So. I do feel like I have reached out and tried to uh, motivate some people, you know what I'm saying, like, to, you know, to do more, to expect more of themselves, to do more in the community. But some things I do feel like I have been successful with. Sometimes I do feel like, oh, wow, that was, that was so worth it. But, you know, of course there's some times where, wow, I don't, I don't know what I could have done more. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, what could I have done more? So tell so tell 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 us uh, your feelings on the Black Lives Movement. What does that what does that really mean to you? The Black Lives Movement. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement to me, uh, it man it it captures so much with just saying those three words. Uh, of course, people know now because of all the exposure and George Floyd's death. Um, that Black Lives Matter, you know, against po- police brutality. But to me, it's a lot more to it. It's a lot more. It's, it's the unequal, how do I say, opportunities in the education system. It's not getting the, the same benefit of the doubt as opposed, you know what I'm saying, a white person or a white colleague or even, you know, for grown-ups. Like, it's still in, a, in your career, career path. Like, people every day face that. Yeah. Like, just being tore down because of what you look like or, you know what I'm saying, your skin, your skin how, much, how melanated you are. It's, it's it's a bigger thing than just police brutality to me. I feel like it's, it's deeper. Like, it, it runs deep. It runs in the DNA of America to, to not give African Americans or any minority, for that matter, the benefit of the doubt and give them equal opportunity. So you have, have you gotten a lot of backlash from just what took place on this weekend as far as the peaceful protests? Have you gotten a lot of negative back, backlash from any of your peers or any of the community? Because, you know, of course, social media is there, and everybody seems to be empowered behind social media. You know, I always say, you know, you, you, you know you, they, do, they, they, they do real good put that out there on their page or whatever, but, you know, I always say we're face-to-face. They, they they can't come to you like that, you know. Yeah. So they're, they're empowered behind the social media posts, but yeah, behind you know, the keyboard, yeah, behind for the, sure. yeah, yes. So yeah, um, you got a lot of negative backlash behind that. Um, I would not say directly, and I and I've been we me, me and Jasmine have been talking <laughs> about ten phone calls a day, but she feels the same way. It's just on social media. It's just on the comments, like you said. Nobody has said anything to my face about it being like a bad thing or how negative it was or whatever they, you know what I'm saying? Whatever they feel, it hasn't come right to me. So I think 
in my opinion, it was a success. It was a success in the in the matter that we did get get the word out like we wanted to. That is not the end of you know, we we still have a long road ahead, but this is not the end. Um, but no, to answer that, I don't think I don't feel like I've gotten a lot of negative backlash. I mean, of course, the comments. I mean, people are able to voice yeah. their opinions. Yeah, that's, that's that. But. That's where that's where I look at. I look, you know, hey, that's the that person in the rise. That's the way they feel. That's yeah. the way they feel. And I, my attitude yeah. is, you know, some people are just not gonna they're not gonna change. And so you just have some to. People, yeah, some people know, are not open to understanding yeah. and changing. Yes, and I used to, you know, you know, you're familiar with and Jerry, uh, in uh, 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 we call it. Uh, Nana. She used to tell she used to tell me all the time. I would say, you know, Nana, you know, they're just not wanting to do anything different. And and, and I used to always say. But sometimes, sometimes you can't leave, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And then she would always come back and she would always come back and say, "Then sometimes you just can't lead them. You just have to leave them alone. Mm-hmm. You just have to go on. You just have to go ahead and go on." And so, and so that's the mentality you have to have, cameras. And sometimes, you know, even in your own community, sometimes when you're wondering, when you're like, "Hey, why don't why don't they go ahead and you know?" Even, you know, why don't they do the same thing we're doing? We're standing up for our, you know, for what we believe in. And then sometimes some people are just not ready. It's kind of like you just go, they're not ready. You know, they're not ready for change. And so you just have to go ahead and go on. You know, because you're going to leave. You're going to you lose some friends. You're going to lose even family members. And you've got mm-hmm. to just say, you know what, I'm just going to love you from a distance. But I have to move on. You know, because then otherwise, then, then uh, otherwise they'll, you'll, they'll hold you back. And then here you are mm-hmm. stuck. You know, yeah, and so you love them from a distance and just move on. And so, um, so what, um, what, what's the next, what's the next step for for you and Jasmine? What, what are you um, encouraging voter registration? You know, because that, you know, we do have upcoming elections you know, this November. So, how are you encouraging, you know, your eighteen year olds to get registered to vote? You know, um, just getting the word out. I mean, all I can do is send them the. <laughs> Send them the, the, like I said, give them the tools. Just give them, getting the word out, encouraging them. Hey, this is very impactful. I mean, you see what happened when we, we didn't vote. And then, yes. You know what I'm saying? You see, we, we all see what, what happened then. Yeah. And I think that is eye-opening in itself, especially here lately with the, the horrible comments and, yes. and the, the tweets going out and whatnot. So I think that in itself is the motivation. But then whenever the tools are given and whenever the, the helping hand is, is put out, is it makes the world of a difference, especially here in our community. I mean, if we can get our our generation in itself, our younger people, just the 18 to 25, 18, 18 to 25 range, we would make, we would change the, the outcome of, of Navarro County. And what, you know what I'm saying, change it from red to blue, ultimately, is what I'm trying to, trying to say. Um, so you want to tell you are you just being real, uh, you know, real? I guess aggressive and just, you know, uh, just yeah. making them being real, you're making them understand the importance of voting. You know, yes, ma'am. Yeah, we, we, like I said, I feel like it's is the importance the importance of voting is being shown every day. Uh, and and I like I can't even say more than that. I mean, it's just it's just being shown every day. And I've had most people. How do I get registered? What are, what are the steps I need to take? I just had two friends that live in Houston go today to get registered to vote. That's good. So, That's good. Um, it it makes it makes the world of a difference for them to know how, and that's what that's what I want to do. I want to be that helping hand. Like, hey, I'm pull you over the bridge. Like, are you ready? So a lot of you know, what I'm saying a lot of people are 
taking this opportunity with the runoff election coming up. Uh, yeah. it's, it's just a big opportunity for us. And so I, like that, I am pushing that. That's good. So I'm thinking that the momentum is, 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 is now here versus, you know, sometimes your age group always got overlooked. You know, some, sometimes uh, the older generation thinks that you guys do not have a voice, but now you guys are forced to be reckoned with. You know, and mm-hmm. so that's, the, that's probably the nervousness they're going to probably have is, oh, my goodness, we have woke, they have woken up, you know. They have woken up. They're willing to work. Then yeah. so now you have to really make sure that you stay on top of them and, you know, have that, you know, the energy. You know, just keep going. You, got, you just have to keep going to make sure that they stay on top of, okay, go vote. You know, you know make sure. And another, another important thing, too, uh, Cameron, is you need to make sure that everybody does their senses. Because that census uh, report is very important. Because when we do the census, then um, that that's funding, and so because right. that people will be for our community, and so that's very important that um, people complete the the census. You know, so make sure that you're telling, you know, your your age bracket to make sure their parents, you know, their grandparents, their aunts and uncles are completing their census packet. That's very yes, important. Ma'am. Okay, so is there anything else you want to um, tell the listening audience? Anything else, um, you know, motivational or, you know, just, just, you know, just anything to encourage, you know, our, the community? I mean, like I said on Saturday at the protest, just constantly, constantly, constantly push the positivity. If you see something, say something. Be that, be that person. Be that person. Be that person that shakes the table. Be that person that has uncomfortable conversations. Be that person that lifts up the rug and drags out, you know, things that need to be discussed. Because that's the only way that we're going to improve overall. That's the only way that change is going to come if everybody does their part. And it's a little thing. So where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, (laughs) I uh, I honestly want to be having my master's already in social work. I want to be a social worker. I want to be working with the youth. I want to be living in Houston. That's where I want to live. I want to be working with the youth there and working with nonprofits and ultimately getting my own nonprofit started, started and just, you know, being, being doing the good work, doing the, the good work, um, social work-wise. So that's where I see myself. Okay. Well, Cameron, it has been a joy speaking with you. I'm, I can't wait to see, you know, what your future holds. I know that, um, like I said, the momentum is, has, is there and, um, you're going to motivate other young people your age. And I can't wait to see the move, the, the actual, you know, you know, the movement, has, the movement has started, but I can't wait to see, you know, the direction this movement, uh, what happens with this movement, especially within our community, and I know that Absolutely. we're going to motivate other young people. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I can't wait to see what they, what, what changes that they make here in Corsicana. So, um, um, so now I'm going to allow you to give your shout out to anybody that you, you'd like to give your shout out to. Um, first and foremost, my dad, of course. I mean, he helped out a lot with getting Saturday and making it successful, uh, and just overall being a great dad. I mean. What more can I ask for, really? Uh, that and just a shout-out to Jasmine for even taking the steps to, to make Saturday happen and taking the steps to, to make our community better, not even just Saturday, but constantly working every day uh, with people and just getting the word out and, and working on what's next for our community with her. It's just been joy and been an honor. So 
and as well as my family and everybody who supported, just keep on supporting me. <laughs> Don't let your foot off the gas. We're not done. So, all right, but um, that that was very inspiring. And like and like Thank I you. said, I can't wait to see um, the direction um, this movement takes and the young people that are going to rise up and and be the change agents change agents that our community our community needs and so um yes, ma'am. i can say thank you so much again for accepting the invitation uh, to be on canada's big pop of course of course okay well you have a good thank evening you. and you just keep working thank hard you. keep working hard in your classroom in the classroom and college and i want i want you to get that master's degree yes ma'am yes ma'am well you have a good evening okay thank you you do the same i think and to my listening audience, thank you so much for the continued support of listening to Canada Girl Speaks podcast, and have a good evening. Canada Girl Speaks podcast is recorded at Shred Shed Studio. Shred Shed Studio, where you get big city production at small town prices. Recording, mixing, mastering, guitar instruction, production, and songwriting. Find out more at shredshedstudio.com. Or email your inquiries to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at ShredShedStudio.com, the premier music studio in Corsicana, Texas. <laughs>